Feetsies, on your feetsies. As opposed to feces, not your feces, your feetsies, your feetsies. <clears throat> um, so this week I hit a growth spurt. Uh, I'm a little taller now, if you guys haven't been able to tell. Just a little bit taller, a little taller. Tonight we're going to play a game called Sit Down If. Who knows how to play Sit Down If? Anybody? Okay, it's really simple. Actually, let me explain it to you. I'm going to say something. So I'm going to say, sit down if you're wearing the color white. And if you were wearing white, you would sit down. But that was a practice, so we're not really starting. That one didn't count. Okay. The first one is, sit down if you didn't do your homework that was due today. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. Only a couple people. Only a couple people. Okay. Sit down, sit down if you have tweeted more than three times today. If you've tweeted more than three times, sit down. You never tweet. Wow. Okay. Sit down if, sit down if you have listened to a song by Justin Bieber today. If you've listened to a Justin Bieber song, sit your behind down. Never. Look at you guys. You guys don't do anything. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sit down if your birthday is in the month of April. Oh, man. Stay down. You got to stay down. Sit down. Sit down if you're wearing flip-flops. Flip-flops. Who's wearing flip-flops? Nope, those are Crocs. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. Okay. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down if you packed your lunch for school today. Oh, that one stunk. No, it doesn't matter. If you brought lunch from home, if you brought lunch from home, sit down. Sit down. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Sit down if you have picked your nose today. If you picked your nose, sit down, Jake Gibson. No one has picked their nose. That's a lie because everyone picks their nose at least sometime during the day. I picked my nose today. I'll admit it. I'm transparent. I'm transparent. I share my struggles with you. I, I did. It happened. No one? Okay. Sit down if you ate breakfast this morning. Really? If you ate breakfast. Some people don't eat breakfast. Some people don't eat breakfast. Well, that... Okay, so who do we have left? We've got some people over here. Okay. Here we go. Sit down if... Sit down if you use the bathroom in the middle of class today. If you got out of class to go to the bathroom, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Okay, sit down if you are homeschooled. Ah, oh, man, Jay, sit down. Okay, who do we have? Let's see, we have four over here, and we have three over here. All right. Okay, let me think. Sit down if you hit snooze on your alarm this morning when it went off. If you hit snooze, or or if your mom came in and told you to wake up and you said nope and you went right back to sleep, hit snooze or you or you didn't get up right away. All right, okay. You have any good ones, Brian? Okay. Sit down. Sit down. Well, that's only you that would sit down for that one. 
Get that? Because he doesn't have six toes. No, five. Count. There's only five. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Divided by two is five. Five. Okay. Sit down if sit down if you had gym today. If you had gym today, oh, that stinks for you. Wow. Three. Okay. All right, Abby. We need you to come up here for this one. It's the final three. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's three. Oh, man. I didn't even see you. He got four up. All right. Do you have any good ones? I ran out of all mine. I thought we'd have everybody down by now. No, she's... Sit down. Sit down if you had a sports practice. If you had practice for sports today, sit down. Really? Wow. All right. All right. All right. I think this will get I think this will get at least I think this will give us a winner right here, okay? Sit down if you played video games today. Oh. Nothing? Nothing. You do nothing with your life. I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. We can make this one really easy, but I'm not going to. Um, sit down. I got one. Sit down. Sit down if you spent time with Jesus today. Oh, look at them. <laughs> Nobody wins. Nobody wins. Well, that was good. Everybody give yourselves a round of applause for being able to listen. Hey, that's good. Okay, are you guys doing good tonight? Are we doing well? Are we doing well? Hey, okay, so I got something to tell you guys. Where are my, where, where are my boys at? Woo, woo. Okay, that was kind of weird. Okay, guys, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. On the, 11th, on the 11th of May, we're having a guys basketball tournament. Okay? Guys basketball tournament. The winning team is three, it's three on three. The winning team gets $150. $150, okay, yeah. So all guys, get your friends, celebrate at school, and it's going to be an awesome time. We're going to have it at the YMCA on May 11th. Starts at 5 o'clock. We have sign-ups downstairs on the registration table. You can sign up down there. Again, the winning team gets $150. No, the whole team gets it, but it's three people, so $50 each. And, hey, you're like, man, I'm not good at basketball. I'm not going to win. Guess what? We have over $500 in giveaways that we're giving away. I mean, McDonald's gift cards, Chick-fil-A gift cards. We're giving gift cards to go to places. We're going to all this kind of stuff. $500 worth of stuff that we are giving away. We're giving away basketballs, a bunch of stuff, all right? So, guys, head out to that. Women, you have an announcement, too. Girls, we have our own event. Okay, we're doing a girls' night out. It's going to be a progressive dinner. Who knows what a progressive, progressive dinner is? It's going to be really exciting. Okay, so basically, we're going to meet here, and then I'll pile into some vans and cars and different things. We're going to go to three, four, maybe four different restaurants, and so we'll get hors d'oeuvres at one place, we'll get appetizers at the next, we'll get the main, main deal at one restaurant, and then we'll come back here for dessert and just hang out, and then so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, same night, it's free, come, and we'll have door prizes as well, so it's just as good. Just as good. And we get food. Okay. And you get food. No, it's free. Now, guess what? Hey, 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 guess what else we have coming up? It rhymes with Smamp Marikee. Camp Cherokee. They got it. You're getting old. You didn't get it, Jim. Smamp, Smamp Marikee. 
Cherokee. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm struggling tonight. Camp Cherokee is coming up, but you have not signed up for Champ Cherokee. Camp Cherokee. Sign up tonight or tomorrow or soon. Sign up before the price goes up in June, okay? You need to go because you get to hang out with me and Abby and Brian and this guy. I don't know if you want to hang out with him, though. I'm just kidding. I would want to hang out with him. He's a good, he's a good guy. Camp Cherokee, you need to sign up for that, okay? Now, where are my choir peeps at? La, 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 la. Choir. I know I'm not good. We have choir every Sunday night, but we're not meeting this week. We're not meeting this week. Only soloists are meeting at 7.30. If you are a soloist, I was a soloist back in the day. I did have, I'm not even lying about this. I had one solo one time in a children's play. I was nine or ten years old, and I sang a song, but the whole song was like, Falsettos, why sing like this the whole time? And it was not very good at all. People were laughing at me, and I cried afterwards. It was really bad. But soloists, come and meet Sunday night at 7.30. After the night of worship, all right? Okay. Last but not least, last but not least, on May 1st, we are not going here, but we are going to go bowling. Bowling, ball, bowling, not ball, bowling. We're going bowling. We're meeting, we're meeting at Leisure Time Bowling, the one on Key Street. Yes, that one. We're meeting there. We're going to play a little bowling. We're going to have a little pizza. And we're going to, nope, more. it's, it's going to be awesome. It's all free. Come and hang out and see if you can do better than me. I once bowled like a, a 280. I don't know if that's good, but I did that one time. So that was good. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay, let's stand up more. Let's stand up for worship. Okay. Hey. Okay. So, um. Yesterday, yesterday I was reading them in my Bible. I was reading in my Bible. And I read this verse in Romans that I've read a lot before, but it just kind of stuck out to me when I read it. And it says, paraphrasing, it's Romans eleven six, and it says, um, For since we are saved on grace, we're no longer saved on the basis of works. For if it was on the basis of works, then grace wouldn't be grace. Uh, and I thought that was really cool just thinking about, if we think that, that we have to do stuff to earn God's love and earn salvation, it's, 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 totally taking away from what grace is and totally taking away from what it is that God has put out before us. And it makes grace, like it says, grace is no longer grace. But Jesus has given us grace through what he did on the cross, which I think is pretty awesome. So let's just spend some time tonight, have some fun. Let's worship him for the grace he gave us. Sound good? Mm -hmm. Okay. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I thank you for grace, and I thank you for how sweet it is. And it's just... In times, God, that things don't make sense, um, when things happen in our world that we don't understand and that we question, God, we, we know above all that there is still grace. There is grace for us. There is grace for everybody. And I thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, I just pray that we open our hearts up to you. God, we know that you're here and you're in this room, God, and I pray that you'll just be the focus of our worship in your name. Amen. Let's hear it for Chris and Abby, the best youth interns in America. Aren't they great? You guys are awesome, man. Y'all are awesome. I love, love you guys. Thanks for all you do. All right, put your hands together as we sing tonight. New graces and up. You know this song? Put your hands together. 
remember, sing it. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, oh God. Sing it again. So remember your people, remember your children, you're singing tonight that's awesome I love this song that we're doing now it just talks about how we are never alone we're we're always able to trust in the Lord never once did he leave us to walk alone just a great song of assurance and salvation listen as we sing along with us as we sing Oh, it's singing with me. Standing on this mountain top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how far you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say. Ever once did we ever walk alone? Ever once did you leave us on our own? You are faithful. Kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say. Did we ever walk alone? Ever once did you leave us on our own? You are faithful, God, you are faithful. You are faithful. 
struggles on the way but with joy our hearts can say never once did we ever walk alone carried by your constant grace held within your perfect peace never once no we never walk alone never once did we ever walk alone never once did you leave us on our own you are faithful god you are faithful every step we are breathing in your grace evermore we'll be breathing out your grace you are faithful god you are faithful you are faithful god you are one more time sing him you are faithful god you are Let's thank God that he's faithful tonight. Hallelujah. That's awesome. I appreciate your singing so much. You can be seated. So 
sing as students. Smile, stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. I stand with soul, Lord, to you surrendered all. I am his yours. All I am is your sin. All I am is yours. One more time. All I am is yours. God, I pray that that's true for every one of us here tonight. Everything that we are, everything that we have, everything that we that we hope to be is yours. Lord, our our, our past, our present, our future, it's all yours, Lord. We give it to you. We don't want to have any more grief or sorrow or shame over our past. We don't want to have overly concern about the, the present, Lord, just trusting you every day. And, Lord, we want to give every day of our future over to you, Lord, to your lordship, to your leadership, to your direction. We love you, Lord. Bless us now. Bless each one of these students. Bless Brian as he comes and shares your word with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please. Sure. Here we go. Sing it. So I'll stand with arms nine and in all of the one who gave it all i'll stand my soul lord to you surrendered all i am is yours sing it one more time so i'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in of the one who gave it all I'll stand my soul Lord to you surrendered all I am is yours all I am all I am is yours all I am is yours crazy tonight oh lord just center around that that god we stand in all of who you are god all of what you've done god by the cross we are actually here standing tonight man what an awesome opportunity that we have this tonight to be able to worship you god in spirit and truth god nothing of our own selves or anything that we've done but father all because of what you did and God, what you're doing now in and through our lives. God, may we give you the glory tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Hey, before we get started real quick, uh, I got a video uh, that I want you to see. Um, we showed one last week, so check this one real quick.
might be my favorite one. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh man, it's been a couple weeks since I've been with you guys. A couple weeks ago I had a, a couple weeks ago I had a, a class that I had to go to, so I was in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Louisville's a sweet city if you ever get a chance to uh, check it out. Um, but then last week I was ill, so thank you for praying for me. Uh, very, very quick illness, so thankful for that. Uh, and then this week I'm back, so get a chance to, uh, to kind of rehash and, and keep going in our series that we started last week. Brother Derek did an incredible job, uh, got a chance to listen to the message, did an incredible job uh, talking about Cain and Abel uh, and how both left a mark really unknowingly because Abel died right before it got good <laughs> and, and, and Cain, uh, not only knowing the impact that that would have, uh, also left a mark. And so tonight, we're going to continue on this series uh, talking about leave a mark. So if, you're, if you have a Bible tonight, get it open. Open it to Genesis chapter 13, or 12 rather, I should say. Um, and here's what I want you to do. If you have a, a phone, uh, uh, your iPad's probably okay, um, but if you have a phone, why don't you just do me a favor, put it underneath your seat. Uh, if you use it for a Bible, I'm sorry, they'll have it up on the screen. Um, no worries there, uh, but let's, let's put that underneath your seat so that's not a distraction, okay? Uh, we want to eliminate any distraction because tonight it's going to be really, really cool, and I want you to really be in tune with where we're going to be going, all right? Genesis 12 is where we're going to start, and we're going to get through seven chapters of the Bible tonight. <laughs> Everybody's mood just dropped drastically. Um, don't worry, we're not going to read word for word, although that would be fun. Um, we're going to, uh, to just rock out a few bits and pieces. Uh, but tonight I want to talk about uh, from Genesis 12 to Genesis chapter 19. Anybody have any idea uh, who and where and where, what that's about? Any guesses? I mean, some of you have already turned there. Huh? Huh? Nope. Past Noah's Ark. Abram, Abraham, Father Abraham, right? Anybody ever know that song, Father Abraham had many sons? And many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. Yeah, we're not going to sing. Uh, but tonight, we're going to be talking about Abraham. Um, all along this series, what I want, this is what I want to accomplish, and what I feel like God wants us to accomplish together, Okay. The Old Testament is so enriched with um, just biblical truth and, and just really just a lot of really cool stuff and a, really a lot of cool stories. And I want to hash some of those out over the next few weeks uh, before we get into the New Testament. But uh, part of this Leave and Mark series is, is the whole purpose and the whole vision behind it is that we all leave a mark, okay? We all leave a mark, whether you want to or whether you don't. You will leave a mark. Understand that. You will leave a mark. Some call it a legacy. Some call it uh, different things. But ultimately, you're going to leave a mark on your life. And what you, where you go in the next life, okay, in, in heaven or hell, uh, preferably heaven, um, 
your life here on earth will make a resounding sound. And we want to make sure that all along the way that we're leaving a mark that shows and exhibits Christ and everything. So last week we talked about Cain and Abel. And Cain and Abel kind of showed us uh, some really cool stuff. And really the main thing that I want you to take away from last week is that Abel left a mark of obedience. Okay? Abel left a mark of obedience. He was obedient to God. He died shortly after, but the theme, okay, the theme, the whole purpose of obedience resounds throughout history. The whole idea of us being able to be obedient today is really because of Abel, because of what Abel did and what Abel accomplished. And so, through God, Abel left a mark of obedience. And so tonight, we're going to look at a different figure, and we're going to look at the life of Abraham. So a few chapters past Cain and Abel, we're going to look at the life of Abraham. And so Abraham, let's dive in, because we got tons to get through tonight. Abraham 12, I'll just give you a little background on the story of Abraham, uh, in Genesis 12, excuse me. Abraham was a descendant of Terah, okay? Terah had uh, a couple of different, uh, a few sons, uh, three and, uh, and so Abram was one of his sons. He also had another son uh, uh, who bore a son um, and then died shortly later. And that nephew of Abram, his name was Lot. And so Lot went to live with Abram because his father had passed away. And so we're going to see a little bit of a, of a cool story about the story of Abram and Lot. And so If you have your Bible, Genesis 12, look at verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. Okay, just to give you a little more background. Up to this point, Abram is about 75 years old. Okay, so he's been pretty comfortable living pretty much in the same spot his entire life. So you think about a man who's been living in Cleveland, Tennessee for 75 years, and now... God says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. There's a lot of blessed there, um, but that's a good thing, okay? Abram had, to, had a choice at this point to follow God's direction, okay, that example of obedience that Abel set before him, to follow God's direction to move after 75 years of living in the same place and God calling him to go to another land, going to another country. And so Abram had to make a choice, and from that point, he moves on. Check out, uh, turn over to Genesis 13, which is right there. Abram left and he knew he followed God because Abram had faith. Okay, remember that word, faith. God told Abram that he would become a father of a nation. Okay, and Lot, I haven't, haven't said this yet, but Lot goes with him. It says shortly after that in the verses that follow that Lot goes with Abram. So here we are, Genesis 13, and we find Abraham and Lot. They have been living in the same area of land for quite some time at this point. Some time has passed. And so God has told him to go to the land of Canaan. And they reach this point. 
And Abram had some people of his own, and Lot had some people of his own. And so they begin to kind of stir up, and they begin to like, become like just unsettled, and like weren't really getting along with each other. And so from chapter 13, it says, it says Abram went up to Egypt, and they begin to go. And then down in verse 9, it says, or in verse 8, it says, Then Abraham said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and between the herdsmen and, the, and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen, okay? Check out what he says. He says in verse 9, it is not the whole land, is not the whole land before you. Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and he began to look out. He lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered, Everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 11 says, So Lot chose for himself all of the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. So Abram and Lot come to a kind of a pinnacle point, and they say, Okay, we have to make a choice. Our people aren't getting along, and God has given us all this land. Okay? And Lot char or Abram charges Lot and says, hey, choose whatever you want. Okay? You can have any of this land. You can have this land or that land, but I need you to pick. And whichever one you choose, I'll go the other way. So Lot begins to look out. Lot begins to look out. And he looks out. And over here to the right he sees... flowing with just waters from everywhere and magic kingdoms and <laughs> Epcot centers and just a magical, magical land, right? So he looks over here and he sees Disneyland, right? Just this perfect, beautiful land. And then he looks left and he finds something else. And he looks left and he sees something totally different, right? He looks right, he sees this beautiful land that's flowing uh, with, with just waters everywhere, with beautiful greens, lots of land to harvest and, and plant and just do all sorts of awesome stuff. And then he looks east and he sees a barren land, a land that isn't really attractive. Okay, that's a little over-exaggerative. Um, but he sees, um, not that Disney World wasn't either, but... He sees, uh, he sees a little bit of a barren land, and he thinks, okay, well, for me and my people, okay, me and my herdsmen, this is probably the better option. So I'm, I'm kind of looking out for them, kind of subconsciously looking out for me too, but I'm looking out for them. So he tells, he tells Abram, I'm going to go down to the Jordan Valley, okay? And Abram then says, okay, go. Take your people and go, and uh, I'll take my people, and we'll go settle in the land of Canaan. And so that's kind of where... We come to Abram left all that he knew and followed God's call. He had a choice between leaving Lot and, and separating or not, and so they chose to separate for the sake of their people. Lot chose the better land, and Abram got what was left over, and he went to settle in the land of Canaan. As the story goes, 
This battle takes place in the land, in the Jordan Valley, okay? There's a bunch of kings. There's king of Sodom, king of Gomorrah, king of uh, a couple different lands. And so they begin to uh, meet together, and then they, uh, all of a sudden, all this thing starts happening, and they begin all these kind of battles and riots start happening and taking place. And the thing about the Jordan Valley was it was, a, it was a great place to live, but except for the fact that there was full of wicked, wretched people, just wicked people, people that were sinning and not really doing what they needed to do. And so when Lot and his family went down there, that's what they found. Check out in verse, turn over to verse 15, 1 through 6. And so what happens is, as the story goes, is Lot goes down and, and they, they kind of get, they start settled, they settle in a tent outside, kind of right there in the city of in, uh, Sodom. And, uh, and so all these uh, things start happening, and what happens is these people take Lot, um, they take all his possessions, and they take him, and they go. Well, one guy got away and goes back to Abraham and tells him, hey man, listen, all this stuff just went down, all this crazy stuff is happening, and Lot got taken, man, and we need your help. And so this guy goes and pleads to Abram. He says, we need your help. And so Abram goes, and he goes and he helps find Lot, and, they, and he pulls him out, and he rescues Lot. Okay, And by the Lord's hand, he had uh, great success in saving his nephew. Now look in verse 15, or chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision said, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. But Abram said, O Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and no member of my household will be heir. Verse 4 says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Check this out. This man shall be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord. And he counted it to himself as righteousness. So God charges Abraham and he tells him, he says, go outside, okay? Abraham, Abraham was a little, little shook up because he had no real child. He had a real no heir to his throne and so uh, to all he had, uh, not really a throne, but all he had. And so what happened was is then he goes uh, to, to help Lot and rescues him and, and God charges him and he says, listen, go outside, look up in the sky, okay? Have you ever gone outside, looked up in the stars? Maybe when you got away from the city and all the lights, you look up and you see all these stars in the sky, right? He says, if you can count them all, so shall your offspring be. The whole point is that as many as the numbers of stars in the sky, God said, you're going to father a great nation. Okay, he had already told him that. You're going to father a great nation. And as many as the numbers are of the stars in the sky, so shall your people be. And so you'll have all these uh, you're going to be a father of many generations, many nations, and God charges him and gives him a covenant, okay? He seals it with a covenant, and he tells him, this is my promise to you, Abram. As long as you're faithful to me, I'm going to be faithful to you, and I'm going to give you all this. I'm going to give you all these people, and you're going to be the father of a great nation. And this is what happens. Abraham 
At this point, we start seeing that Abraham's leaving a mark. Abraham's leaving a mark. Abraham's faithfulness was brought by God's blessing. Abraham left a mark. The story goes that God was going to destroy the city of Sodom. Abraham interceded for his nephew. And God rescued Lot from the destruction of Sodom. If you look down the next few chapters, it shows the story of Lot and how Abram came in and God, God renamed and calls him Abraham. And he says, listen, I'm making a covenant with you and, and so shall your name become Abraham as a sign of the covenant. And so Abraham goes and he says, listen, who is righteous? And he talks about him and his nephew. And he, tell, he charges God. He says, who is righteous? Don't destroy Sodom. He says, and God says, if you can find 50, 50 people, 50, 50 righteous people out of the city of Sodom, then I won't destroy. And so then Abram goes, well, hey, what if I find 40? And said, okay, well, if you find 40 righteous people, and they go back and forth, and he gets them all the way down to 10. He says, if you can find 10 righteous people, then I won't destroy the city. Guess how many righteous people were in Sodom? Just one. And that was Lot. Lot was considered righteous. Okay, even though he went and he was living amongst the people of Sodom and he was living in this wickedness, he was considered righteous. And so he found one person. And so what happened was is then Abraham pleaded with, Lot, or with God to go and save, save Lot. Right here. Right here. I'm up here. To go and save Lot. So check out in, verse, in chapter 19 and verse 6. Abraham intercedes for Lot and he intercedes for Sodom. And check out Genesis 19 verse 16. It says, Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me kindness in saving my life. Check this out. Oh, that's 19. Sorry. Go back up. The angels go to the city of Sodom, okay? The angels go to the city of Sodom, and they knock on Lot's door, and they, they say, hey, um, you know, we're, we're, we're here. And he was like, okay, well, come in. And they're like, no, we don't really want to come in. They eventually go in. They eventually go in. And what happens is, is that uh, the angels say, listen, quickly, grab your, grab your family, grab, uh, and let's go. We've got to get out of here because God's going to destroy the city of Sodom. Well, Lot then goes and tries to tell his family, hey, let's go. We've got to go. Like, God's about to, you know, bust, bust down Sodom. Well, he goes and tells them, and his family thinks he's joking. So eventually the angels take him, and check out in verse 16, it says, but he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. They, they literally reached down. God literally reached down with the angel's help and rescued Lot. He literally seized him and took him outside the city before the city was destroyed. Abraham and Lot were both considered righteous in God's eyes. Okay, you have two different men in the story. Abraham, who God showed such faithfulness and such, you know, just 
faithfulness to God that he was willing to leave everything, okay? Even after 75 years of just all this stuff happening and um, just being settled, and God called him out, and he said, let's, let's go. I'm calling you to something better, something greater, and I want you to become the father of many nations. So Abraham took such faithfulness, and he literally got up and left and went. He so, showed such faithfulness when, when God was going to, 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 when he was separating from Lot, and he said, listen, you just pick wherever you want to go, and I'll take the other thing. And he showed faithfulness that knew that God was going to take care of him, even in this barren land. And he showed such faithfulness when he knew that, that, that God was going to rescue him and he knew that God was going to rescue his nephew. And he continued to show faithfulness and faithfulness. And Abraham was leaving a mark. I don't know about you, but I'm not always the most faithful person when it comes to being faithful to God. Yet he is always so faithful to us. And Abraham literally left this mark that resounds throughout history. Because we're able to be faithful today because of the mark that Abraham left. There's two men in the story, Abraham and Lot. And listen, even though Lot was kind of tied up with some bad stuff, he was still considered righteous. He was still saved. And a lot of times, you and I, we get this like, we, we accept you know, the Christian life, right? We go and we, we, we take on this role as, as a Christian when we begin to walk and, and talk as a Christian. But yet, when we get into the world, right, when we get into, around other people, maybe at school or, or on our sports team or whatever, and we get around other people that are talking bad or talking bad about other people or, or doing you know, stuff that we know that we probably shouldn't be doing or whatever, even if we don't like necessarily participate, a lot of times we conform, don't we? We conform to that crowd, and we're like, well, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be doing what they're doing, right? But I'm, I just, I'm going to be here, I'm going to hang out, and, and a lot of times we, our lives begin to form around this unrighteous life, even though we're still considered righteous, right? We're still a Christian. So God, even though you live an unrighteous life, you, it doesn't mean you're not righteous anymore, it just means that you're living an unrighteous life. You're, you're conforming. And that's the way Lot was living. He was settled in an unrighteous life. He had conformed to the ideas and the ideology of Sodom. And he was living anything really other than righteous. But yet God still considered him righteous. But the past they chose, man, they were worlds apart, weren't they? And even, even Lot and his selfishness and his timidness and his like conformity... He still, he still was considered righteous. The point is, like, Abraham was greatly blessed in all things, whereas Lot lived in frustration, in an environment of sin, and lost almost everything he had. You know, we don't call Lot our, fa- our father Lot, right? We call Abraham our father Abraham, because Abraham was the father of the many nations that really led to you and I where we are today. Through the line of Abraham, through the line of David, all the way down to us, uh, through Christ, right? Abraham was the father of many nations. He literally left a mark on human history. And you can go through life as a Christian appearing righteous before God. You can do the things that Lot did by being timid in your faith and, and really just you know, not really doing what you need to do or, or being conforming to the ways of the world. Or you can do like Abraham. You can 
literally go through life risking it all to what God is calling you to do. There's two choices. Lot conformed and Abraham was faithful. The mark of Abraham left was faithfulness that resounds to this day. I want to read you just a little bit of a story if I have some time, which I do. There's a story of a man named Charles Finney. Okay? And Charles Finney was born in like 17, I think it was like 1792. Yeah. 1792. So it's, you know, he's not you know, way back, but he's, you know, a couple of hundred years ago. And Charles Finney was was a great lawyer, okay? He was a great lawyer. And listen to this story. <clears throat> Charles Finney. Charles Finney was, had decided that he was going to settle the question of his own salvation. Listen to this. So on October 10, 1821, he headed out into the woods near his Adams, New York home to find God. He, said, he shouted out before God in the middle of the woods, I will give my heart to God or I will never come down from there, he said. After several hours, he returned to his office where he experienced such for, forceful emotion that he questioned those who did not testify to a similar encounter. He, he had embraced Christ, and he was so excited that he was busting at the seams, right? It says, the Holy Spirit seemed to go with me, body and soul, and he later wrote, I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity coming over me, going through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in, a way, in waves of liquid love, for I could not express it any other way. He's talking about the love of Christ and how when he came to salvation, all this stuff just hugely impacted him. The next morning, Finney went, returned to his law office to meet with a client whose case he was about to argue. I have a retainer from the Lord Jesus Christ to plead his case. And he told the man, I can't plead yours. And it was at that moment that Charles Finney left being a lawyer and went out to preach Christ. You talk about Abraham in 75 years of his life being comfortable, living a you know, pretty well-off life, and God calling him out of that, right? calling him out of that to go. Check this out. I love this story. He was in New York, and he was going around, and he was preaching and teaching. And check this out. At Evan, Evan Mills, he, troubled, he was troubled that the congregations continuously said they were pleased with his sermons. So he set out to make his message less pleasing and more productive. At the end of his sermon, which he stressed the need for conversion, he took a bold step. You have minds to become Christians and will give your pledge to make peace with God immediately should rise up. He tells them immediately rise up. The entire congregation, having never heard such a challenge, remained in their seats. You have taken your stand, he said. You have rejected Christ and his gospel. The congregation dismissed and they left angry. I mean, somebody told you that you had just rejected Christ and you rejected the gospel, you probably wouldn't be too happy either. But they left and anger, and he says, you, uh, the next evening, Finney preached on his wickedness, and his voice was like a fire hammer and a sword. He was offered no chance to respond. The next night, check this out, the next night, the entire town turned out, including a man so angry with Finney that he brought a gun intending to kill the evangelist. By that night, Finney again offered congregants a chance to publicly defer, declare their faith. The church erupted. Dozens stood to give their pledge while others fell down and groaned and below. The evangelists continued to speak several nights, visiting the new converts at their homes and in the streets. 
He was a revivalist. He literally preached every night in this town, hoping the crowd would come out. And he charged them. He said, listen, if you truly believe this stuff, if you truly believe in Christ, if you truly believe in Christ, then you will literally, check this out, you'll literally, you, need to, you need to literally stand up and take your pledge for Christ. But nobody responded. But he continued to preach, man. He continued to preach. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes when you're at your school and you're trying to tell somebody, hey, man, you should come to church with me? Or, hey, um, you know, have you really thought about this Jesus stuff? And, you know, they're like, uh, no, that's all right. But, man, he continued to preach and continued to be faithful, Right? Charles Finney left this comfortable life of being a lawyer, and he literally left to go to become a preacher. Abraham left this comfortable life, and he went to become the father of many nations. They both showed faithfulness. They both showed faithfulness. And you have a mark, okay? You have a mark right now in your life, because literally, listen, right here. If you haven't heard anything all night, look at me right now. You literally, what you do now affects what you're going to be tomorrow. What you do now affects who you are going to be tomorrow. Think about that. Who you're going to be now is going to affect who you're going to become years from now. And the mark that you leave now as a middle school student, okay, as a 12, 13, 14-year-old, the mark that you leave now is literally what you're going to see the fruit of years from now. And God is charging you, listen, don't just sit there. He's telling you to rise up, go, become something. Be faithful. Become obedient. Don't just sit in your seat. He's charging you, just like Abraham did. He said, listen, I want to make you great. I want to bless you. Get up and go and do what I've called you to do. And that's what God's saying to you tonight, middle school student. You can sit there, or you can literally get up and go. Get up and go. And take the pledge to be faithful to Christ. And leave a mark that's going to resound throughout history. Let me pray. God, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you that, Father, amongst everything else in our lives, that, God, you are continually faithful to us. And, God, even as Abraham showed faithfulness, God, you continually showed faithfulness as well. And, God, we often forget just how important you are and how important these things are in our lives. God, Charles Finney was overwhelmed by his own salvation. He was on fire for you. And yet sometimes we have a hard enough time showing emotion at church. So God, I pray that you just charge us with this mark of faithfulness. God, tonight that we would literally rise up, take a pledge to be faithful to you, that we're going to leave a mark on human history, and we're going to walk out that door ready and willing to do whatever it takes. Jesus, give us the power to do it. In your name, amen. This is what I want to do. As we leave, okay? This is what I want to do. I want to say exactly what Charles Finney said to his church. And if you're really serious, then do it. If you're not, don't pretend, man. Don't be a pretender. Everybody can see right through you, okay? I may not go with you all the time to your schools, but the people around you, sitting around you, they know your heart. So if you're not serious and you're going to just go tomorrow and conform to the world, 
Don't worry about it, okay? Don't waste your time. Don't waste ours. But listen, I'm going to charge you tonight, right now. You who have made up your minds to become Christians. You with me? You who have made up your minds to become Christians. And will you give your pledge to make your peace with God? Immediately, you should rise up and go. Rise up and go. Grace and peace. Love you guys.